Okay, we're all in take five. Hook them up with he and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. Welcome up is live on 1019 at AM 1260 here in Central Texas. We're live around the world on the Horn app at hornfm.com. And, of course, uh, on Twitter this morning, the X. Ty's got us fired up there with the audio, hoping to get our cameras back for our Twitch and YouTube channels and for Twitter before we uh, too much longer here. Hopefully right after the holidays we can get that sorted out because we're still coming to you live from the, uh, the home studios as we crank this thing up after a tremendous uh, Monday Night Football game that uh, had plenty of dramatics, but could have been more dramatic had a uh, key ball been caught by a key receiver for the Kansas City Chiefs. Also, tough night for the Longhorn basketball team. Uh, right before tip-off last night, their biggest player, their tallest player, the best player on Sunday, announced the team announced was not going to play. Caden Shedrick, the Virginia transfer, uh, had very little size. Heck, UConn's feeding into a 7-2 guy last night, Rod. The tallest guy on the Longhorn rosters. Without uh, Shedrick and without uh, Dylan DeSue. Yes, yeah, it goes, what, 6'7? Yeah, it's not good. <laughs> not good. Nah, I guess Zarek, Zarek Onyema would be the tallest guy at that point, but uh, uh, that's not the roster the Longhorns hope to take into Big 12 play coming up in a month or so. Um, they'd like to be a little, little taller, <laughs> a little more big, but they did they did fight, and Dylan Mitchell had a game that I think people will pay attention to uh, in, a, in a game effort against the defending national champions. So you had yeah, the Eagles against the defending Super Bowl champions, you had the Longhorns against the defending national champions. And uh, both. Mm. Well, Eagles got revenge. Longhorns came a little bit short. Hey, uh, by the way, on that, we're talking about the Heisman Trophy before the break because we're getting to that time of year, championship Saturday, rivalry Saturday, and and then the the awards season. Uh, Jaden Daniels, the leader according to On3 Sports, but uh, Tavondre Sweat, ninth on that list. How about that? That's how highly On3 Sports thinks of. Does the power rankings? Is he the the highest ranked defensive player on that list? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Which is which, which the because you're looking at Jaden Daniels, Bo Nix, Marvin Harrison Jr., Michael Penix, Carson Beck at Georgia. By the way, watching Carson Beck the last few weeks and those good matchups with because you know, didn't have much reason to watch Georgia when they were just playing nobody. But the last three weeks against Tennessee, Ole Miss, and uh, and Missouri, I've watched, and he's a good player. I mean, he can really throw a pretty ball. Uh, he's got he's got some skills to him. He's he's the future at that position for them. But Jalen Milrow is six from from Alabama. The Rome Adunzi, the receiver at Washington, and then Malik Neighbors, one of those two receivers at LSU, and then it's Tavondre Sweat, the highest ranked defensive player in their Heisman Power rankings, which speaks exactly to the kind of season he's having. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I thought he'd get because I want to say was it the uh, Lombardi Award that he's. Not one of the the finalists for the Lombardi Trophy. Yeah, and Brock Bowers is. Can I just say this it's little me. rant of my own before we get to the behind the burn orange curtain and the headlines and everything else this hour? You said it yesterday, but you know Brock Bowers is a great player. He is a good player uh, at Georgia, but he he is he is one of the finalists for the Lombardi Award. Makes no sense. Which he's um when since when does the Lombardi Award, which goes to the best offensive or defensive lineman, get into that Final Four? But he's also uh, one of the finalists for the Blitnikoff Award for the best receiver. So what is he? And then, (laughs) then of course, he's probably going to win the Mackey for the best tight end. It's like, come on, guys. They did this with the the Outland Trophy, too, which was right. The Outland was supposed to be for just like interior linemen. And now it's like for basically anybody on the damn line pretty much. And it's just weird. I don't know why. I don't know when they started this. And it's, I don't know, it seems unfair. 
seems well. You got to define the position. What is he? Um, he shouldn't be. He, sh- he should not be on that Lombardi list. That's ridiculous. Yeah, one of the final four for the offensive or defensive lineman. That should be sweat, or that should be. Yeah, he's taking up a sweat spot, man. Yeah, that that's... would be my belief. Yeah. And it's it, he's a good player. He's a great player. He's, he's a great player. You know, great NFL player too. Um, by the way, Pete Kwiatkowski is one of the finals for the Broyles Award to the top uh, assistant coach in the country. He what he's be. done with the Texas defense. Yeah, he should be. Um, but yeah, Bolitnikoff Award top receiver, Brock Bowers. Georgia on there with Marvin Harrison Jr. and Xavier Leggett and Malik Neighbors and the Washington kids. But what's his position now? You're telling me he's, he's all these things? They're basically saying he's all those things. They're saying he could be a really good old lineman if they wanted him to be that. He really good inline tight end, tight end. And, yep, you spread him out in the slot or out wide, he's a really good wide receiver. So they're saying he's one of the best wide receivers, one of the best old linemen, and one of the best tight ends in the country. Yeah. Maybe true. Well, and that, that may make him – because like the, the Heisman Trophy and the Maxwell Award both go to the nation's best player. And then, yeah, but should he be on that award? Then? Sure. If he's on all three of these lists, you <laughs> that, that would be my argument, right? Yeah. You, have, you have national awards that go to the best player in the country that are the Maxwell, um, you know, the, the, the Heisman. But once you get down to specifics, stick to your position when you get to those positions. That's what you're giving away. Jim Thorpe's the best defensive back. Bolitnikoff's mm. the receiver. Mackey tied in. Mackey's tied in. Yeah. Uh, Lombardi's offensive or defensive. Outland Trophy's Butkus, best interior well, line. Butkus is what, defense? Butkus is linebacker. He's linebacker, yeah. Specifically linebacker. See, I, that's R- now, now, the Ronnie Lott Trophy goes to the nation's best defensive player. Defensive player. Regardless yeah. of position because the Heisman never goes to a defensive and what is, player. And, and Ben Eric is also that defensive yeah, I think it's player. Defensive I think it's an all-around defensive player. He'll probably too. win that, too. Um <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. He's definitely in the conversation. For yeah, it's weird. So with the individual uh, awards, the individual national awards, they're expanding their interpretation, expanding the definition, the criteria. But with like the like the, with the Heisman and with like you said, like the Maxwell, they're narrowing down. The definition, right? Because that's only for quarterbacks, right? Yeah. Only like Heisman is for quarterbacks on teams that win games. If, other than that, like, no, if you ain't on the, you ain't a quarterback on the winning team, or at least an offensive player on the winning team, you got no shot to win the Heisman. You won't even be a finalist for it. And yet, with these other awards, uh, they're like, oh man, you know what? If you even play close to the line of scrimmage. You can be on the Outland Trophy. You can, you know, be a part of the Lombardi Award. It's weird that how they're doing that. That one surprised me when I saw Brock Bowers on the Lombardi and yeah. the and the Bolitnikov. You know what? I'm for I'm for expanding them all. Just expand the Heisman, expand the criteria for the Heisman too. They should have a, de- a defensive player on the Heisman list. If Brock Bowers is that damn good that he's a finalist or a semifinalist for three different awards, then maybe he should be well, he, up for the, uh, um, the Heisman or the best player. Well, but this speaks to the hype. I mean, he missed a month. He did. Uh, on three sports, we just mentioned as their power pole of Heisman, he's not on the top ten. Uh, Javondre Sweat is, mm-hmm. um, and that on three sports is dedicated to following college football religiously, right? Yeah. And then the deep dive stuff like you do. Well, I mean, this is again, it's not a knock on Brock Bowers, a great player, but he missed a five weeks. You missed like damn near your third of the season. <laughs> you're, <laughs> you're gonna and you're up for for several major awards. It's just a nitpick, but at the same time, if you're gonna have these individual awards, keep the the, the position specific and let the the big awards be the big national awards. Totally agree. Either way, that's where we're at in college football. But it is fun for Longhorn fans and the Longhorns people who cover the Longhorns to be talking about Longhorns in these conversations, like Devondre Sweat and Jalen Ford, and if you not if you not suffered an injury, Jonathan Brooks. Uh, would have been in there yep. for the Doak Walker Award. Uh, all right, let's get to the other headlines, though. Top stories on this uh, Tuesday morning. Top Gun Rentals and lawn equipment always bring you the top stories. We're starting the NFL. That much-anticipated Super Bowl rematch on Monday Night Football last night. 
Didn't disappoint as far as drama goes, but uh, not as dramatic as it could be. Philadelphia Eagles held on for a 21-17 win over the Chiefs in KC after allowing KC to methodically build a 10-point lead at the half at 17-10. Eagles defense pitched a shutout of Patrick Mahomes and company in the second half, a final 30 minutes. Jalen Hurts overcame a poor start and ran for two touchdowns in the second half, including a tush-push from the goal line that put them up for good. Uh, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs had a chance. Less than two minutes to go, they converted a key third down and benefited from the roughing the passer call, which set them up in midfield on a second down play from midfield. A perfectly thrown post route from Mahomes to to, uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling was dropped. Hit him right in the hands. Dropped it. Would have walked into the end zone for a go-ahead touchdown. Eagles then sack Mahomes on the next play. Stopped them on fourth and long, and they run out the clock and improve to 9-1. KC falls to 7-3. College Hoops 15th ranked Longhorns lost their first game of the young season last night. Mentioned Rodney Terry's shorthand. Not a lot of height on the floor. They lose to UConn 81-77. Dylan Mitchell had a heck of a game. Scored career best 21. Grabbed eight rebounds for the Horns now 4-1. College football 7th ranked Texas football prepping for their regular season finale against Texas Tech this Friday night at DKR. First place Longhorns can clinch a spot in next Saturday's Big 12 championship game with a win. Program will also honor the 25 seniors who will play their final home game Saturday night at his weekly Monday news conference yesterday. Head coach Steve Sarkeesian discussed uh, this group of seniors and how important one was for them to buy in for this program's improvement. I think we've developed trust with our players, that our players know, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm going to always tell them the truth. Um, sometimes they may want to hear it. Sometimes they may not. But they know where I'm coming from, that it's ultimately in their best interest. Because my job as a coach and our coaching staff is to try to put our players in the best position to be successful. Absolutely. Uh, good news for Texas, by the way. So of those seniors, 25, the six of them were invited to play in the Senior Bowl this February, the 75th annual Reese's Senior Bowl in Mobile, Alabama. Senior Bowl, the preeminent college football all-star game. Also an important stage of the NFL draft process. Defensive tackles Byron Murphy, Alfred Collins, and Tavondre Sweat have been invited, along with linebacker Jalen Ford and defensive back Jade Barron. Rich, uh, right tackle Christian Jones, also the lone offensive player to accept that invite. Good for those guys. NBA last night, Clippers crushed the Spurs. 124-99. That's now nine losses in a row for San Antonio. Rockets came up short at Golden State, 121-116. Horn headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. Gobble up discounts this month by getting 5% off any rental or purchase of steel outdoor power equipment by donating two non-perishable food items for capillary food bank. Topgun.net, we'll shoot you straight. Yeah, still can't believe the Chiefs Come on, man. are at the point now where they have the worst wide receiving core, arguably, in the league. And all people are like, that's crazy. That's not true. What They, have the, they lead the NFL in drops with 26 of them. Uh, if you've been watching the Kansas City Chiefs, it's pretty obvious that two of their three losses have been because they're inept and in inadequate at wide receiver. Uh, the Detroit Lions lost. Kadarius Tony had that terrible game. Um, and this loss, we saw Marquez Van Ness Scantling drop a touchdown pass. But they had, I believe it was Four or five drops in that game versus the Eagles. I believe it was uh, four or five drops just in that game alone. T. Kelsey had one too, uh, but he, yeah. but then he caught the first down on the next play. It was a third down he play did. and he I dropped it. Yeah. And Mahomes like, I'm coming right back to you because yeah. I trust you. You my exactly. <laughs> you my dog. <laughs> you my dog. I trust you. But and I've I've gone over that stat you know numerous times. Seventh game this season already where Patrick Mahomes has completed passes to ten different receivers, at least ten different receivers. That is not a good thing. He he's looking for one of those young wide receivers to step up, and they have it. And I think the Chiefs thought at one point. You know what? One of these young guys, 
you know, they'll get consistent and they'll and they still might. One of those young guys may step up and become the go to receiver. Uh, we know Travis Kelsey is his go to guy, but I'm talking about the wide receiver room. You may get one of those young guys to step up, but right now it is not happening. And if I had to guess if there was a flaw that could hold them back from making another Super Bowl run. Mm, this would be it. Well, because it may cost them home field advantage. And you've talked about you know, Patrick Mahomes not having to play road playoff games in the AFC. Never it always goes through Arrowhead and, you know, because they've so dominated that division. But, uh, you know, these three losses, they lost to Detroit to start the year because of drop balls. And remember Kadarius Tony playing volleyball, mm-hmm. yep. setting up a pick six, which was a critical play. This game here could have been won. I was just bumming because if he catches that ball – which, come on, Scanlon, you're making $10 bucks to play a receiver in the NFL, catch the ball. Uh, he walks throw. into the end zone. But there was still like a minute and um, some change on the clock. So the yes. Eagles would have had the ball, yep. chance to see if they go get a field goal, tie it. I mean, I was waiting for that. That was going to be a, you know, this, we look forward to this game. And uh, thought we were going to get that kind of finish. Anyway, either way, uh, you're right about their fatal flaw. But, again, if it costs you home field, well, now you're trying to go through Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Which is a tough place to play. MT yeah. Bank Stadium, maybe going to you know, you know, uh, you know, Jacksonville in the in the playoffs in the road, uh, or, or Houston. Or yeah. It's almost hard for me to even say Houston. I just want to choke myself. <laughs> uh, but you may have to play Houston for crying out loud. Who's sitting at six and four and uh, have a big showdown game this weekend? Uh, so yeah, that's you know, it's it's a flaw without a doubt. And it's uh, we talk about the Longhorns and their red zone woes this year. You know, you're this far into the season, kind of is what it is. Yeah. At this point, uh, and it could get better. But man, these, these three losses, the, the Broncos game, which a lot of people missed, there were a lot of drop balls in that game. Uh, I, yeah, I, remember I didn't a see drop, that one, but I remember a drop touchdown that hurt wow. in that game too. Uh, but and that was a close game with the Denver Broncos. I mean, By the way, twenty-one percent of his incompletions have been drops this year, guys. Let that soak in. Yeah, that's, that's over twenty percent. Twenty-one percent of them have been dropped. And this isn't high school football. I know this, this is this is professional football. Go ahead, there. Tom. I know this wouldn't fix anything right now, but if I was in the Chiefs front office, I would trade like three first-round picks and try to get Marvin Harrison Jr. in this upcoming draft. <laughs> like, imagine how lethal put, that would be. I mean, trade oh, trade with, trade three first-round picks, tra- or trade up, get that guy. I mean, you'd have. 10 plus years of that connection going on well, Casey. You, you might be able to get it for less than that mm-hmm. but because somebody in the top five is not going to want a quarterback and they may take something like that right because the quarterbacks are going to go off the board come April somebody's gonna, not going to need one and maybe yeah. they would do that if the Chiefs but I mean it's almost like I don't want to arm the Chiefs like that because Marvin Harrison Jr. is a walk-in star yes, in the yes, NFL man. people compare him to Megatron as far as the most you know Oof. impactful receiver just at his height his route running, his ball skills. It's just the, but, Marvin Harrison's kid, and he's taller than Marvin was. But Ty's right. I mean, we talked about this with Brett Veach yesterday, right? He's done a marvelous job of, of overhauling and rebuilding, like, entire position groups in just one offseason. Did it with the O-line after they lost to the Bucks in the Super Bowl. Did it with the secondary most recently, and it's been amazing, right? They play more dime coverage than most teams in the NFL. They're top five. They play a lot of bump and run coverage. Uh, they play – they use a lot of those young DBs they brought in, and they have a top five defense now. And offensive line I think it's pretty damn good they need to re and so Todd's right they need to emphasize rebuilding that wide receiving core with the quickness uh, with through free agency and obviously through the draft too um, how about this little set Justin Watson had 11 targets last night uh, there are the other wide receivers with 11 targets this week. Tyreek Hill had 11 targets. Amonra St. Brown had 11 targets. Uh, Nico Collins was in that category. Uh, Adam Thielen in that category. You know, these are guys who at one point were number one wide receivers or still are number one wide receivers. 
and then Justin Watson, one of these things is not like the other. This guy's not a true uh, number one wide receiver, and the, the, the Chiefs need it. Now, they could go the Tom Brady route and maybe you know never really have a true number one wide receiver, but I think Tom Brady's I think Tom Brady's wide receiving core may have been better than this wide receiving core that that right now Patrick Mahomes they don't, is still. They don't have a Wes Welker or Danny Amendola yes. or Julian Edelman. Yeah, the Edelman kind of player, like yeah. The, the go-to. Uh, I mean, they have Kelsey, but Brady also had Gronk, you know, so it's... Yeah, well, then you need that other ball. guy. And whether you can yeah. find him or, as you said, you know, try to trade up because you have nice, some decent young receivers. you got a really great young secondary and uh, offensive line is pretty good, and you got Mahomes. So, and good, good, stable young running backs. Isaiah Pacheco and Clyde Edwards-Alaire is still there. Uh, they may want to focus on trying to go up and get a really elite receiver. I don't disagree with that because you have a quarterback. You traded away Tyree Kill to save money. Uh, I don't disagree with that at all, Ty. By the way, I was while well, I'm nitpicking about awards, also nitpicking. They kept showing tra- the Kelsey's mom in the in the booth, yeah. right? Which is fine. Their her sons are playing. That's a cool story. The Swift but, parents didn't show up, did they? No, because ah, Taylor was yeah. performing in Brazil. There you go. Um, but there's my guy Jamal Charles sitting right next to her. Can we give Jamal Charles a little bit of love? Like it's like one of the best players <laughs> in the all about organizational history. Let's just mention it. <laughs> Jamal Charles sitting right there, lifetime hey. Longhorn. Hey man. Hey man. Blue What's Jamal up, Jamal? Charles. Hey, you know who that is. Boy, I think he's got a candidacy for the Hall of Fame this year. I, yes. I believe he. Uh, this, this is the first year where they can uh, make his case for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I don't know if he'll get it, but I know all time he's, he passed Jim Brown for the, for <laughs> the all-time mark in yards per carry. So that's a pretty good place to start the argument. <laughs> like, uh, hey, hey, uh, Joe Buck, can we like give my guy some little bit of love? Just a little bit. Oh, Come that's Jamal now. Charles there. He's one of the greatest Kansas City Chiefs in the, in the history of the organization. Just throw it out there. Yeah. Yeah, throw it out there. I know it's all about mom and the Swifties. But uh, and by, I don't know if this was a troll rod, but did you see when they walked out of the locker room onto the field, DeAndre Swift and Jason Kelsey walked side by side onto the field? I did not see so that. So you had the Swift-Kelsey. No. Yes. No, they Down didn't the tunnel, do that. out under the goalpost. Not, okay, they did that on purpose. Sure they did. That was intentional. Wow. Come on, man. That's it. You know what? I, they're embracing it. You got to embrace it, man. Got to embrace that it. was a troll of his brother. That was good. I like that. That's pretty good. Because well, uh, remember, there was the Kansas City, there was the Philadelphia radio station, one of the the FMs, decided that all last weekend, they normally play a lot of Taylor Swift music. They decided they're not going to play any Taylor Swift music until the game's over because, uh, you know, they, the only sweet support is, yes, is DeAndre. DeAndre Swift. They want to promote the other <laughs> I will, Swift. I we like promote it. the other Kelly. I Kelsey. will guarantee you one thing. Neither of these teams will win the Super Bowl because of all this Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey jazz. Okay. I promise. Oh, really? That's a bold statement. Well, if they don't win the Super Bowl, it won't be because of this. It'll it, be no, because it, the Niners are better and maybe the Ravens are better. I don't believe that's this true. This Taylor Swift curse. Well, they're both doing pretty good right now. But they're you're doing right. well. They're we'll doing see. well. I Distractions. Think, I, think they're headed for, I think they're headed for the big things. Uh, the Chiefs are on if they don't figure out wide receiver. They are not. Well, I, I right now I would take I would take the Ravens over the Chiefs right now with this. Well, the Chiefs are still the number one seed, and they, they are. and then they can still get that, and they can still get home field. But they keep dropping balls. Well, the Ravens um, are number one right now. Ravens eight and three, right? Yeah. They haven't had their bye yet, so yeah. we'll see. They're a, they're a half a game up on on the Chiefs, and they both have three losses, but they get their bye coming up. It's weird to have a bye that late. I know there's some fantasy they, owners out there that aren't it. real happy that this bye because we're getting down to like crunch time in your mm-hmm. fantasy football leagues and playoffs, and all of a sudden Lamar Jackson's going to be sitting out. They need. They've been banged up. They've been banged up all year long, actually. I know, and it, this is a late bye. Um, well, by the way, why Rod, they're so banged up? They, they need. Well, they you know, after this weekend of football, Ron. Um, when in the NFL, uh, when we get to week 12, 
Oh, that's that flex it. You can flex schedule it. That's when the Monday night flex begins. Thank Remember, they've always been able to flex Sunday night games. Oh, thanks. But the Lord. NFL approved the rule, even though I mean, if you you bought tickets for a Sunday afternoon game, your game may get moved to Monday night football. Oh, coming we need up. it bad. We need it badly. Right. Some of these games. Are well, here it is. Unwatchable. Here's your Monday night football game starting next week, week 12. Rest of the season. Bears, Vikings. Anybody want to watch that? No, nope, flex out. Flex it. Bengals, Jaguars. Good game. Mm, that's a good game. Even without Joe oh, Burrow. There no, won't. flex me. Joe, no Joe flex Burrow. You. Flex me, man. Flex me. That's, there'll be something better. Flex me. <laughs> There's a doubleheader on the 14th, because, the 4 week 14th. That's Christmas. Titans, Dolphins. Oh, Will Levis. Mm, and Young Buck. Packers, Giants. Uh, flex me. Flex me. Flex me. <laughs> flex me on that one. Chiefs, Patriots, week 15. Flex Ooh, me. Flex me. They won't because Mahomes is playing and Taylor Swift might show up. Uh, Ravens, Niners, week 16. Do not flex Ooh. me. Lions, Cowboys, week 17. No flex. That is sexy. 16 and 17. That is sexy. That's a sexy. Yeah. yeah I like that. That's good. But, sexy so this week, now after after Sunday's games, week 11 will wrap up. And, uh, you know, week when Monday Night Football, then we can start flexing Monday Night games. Yeah. I'm I, thinking Bears, Vikings. Out. No. I don't want to watch Josh Dobbs against Justin Fields. I don't want to watch that. Sorry. It's a nice story. but Bengals, Jaguars, if Burroughs healthy, probably. Um, He's out for the year. He's out. Yeah, he's He's out out for the year. But, I mean, with Burrow, you you certainly would not flex it. No. Without him, you might. I don't know who's – yeah, no. No. You've got to flex that. Uh, Titans, Dolphins, though. I mean, that's 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 the you know, the greatest show on turf. But at the same time, they've slowed down a little bit. And uh, do you want to watch Will? Le- it depends uh, on how Will Levis plays over the next couple of weeks. But mm, we can see three or that's four. Tempting. We can see three or four flexes. Yeah, I agree. And you understand when you make the schedule, Chiefs Patriots looks like a great game in December. Well, you know, Mac Jones is not the guy. Bill Belichick is trying to. They finally have they find decided a that they're moving on from Mac Jones now officially. Oh, he, I think I yeah. think that's uh, he he may need, he may find a fresh start somewhere with one of these quarterback gurus thinks they can work with him. But, but Gronk says he lost the locker room. Gronk said Mac Jones lost the locker room. Well, he's they don't not, trust. He's not well liked in the locker room. Yeah, he, that's what he claims. Well, remember he's a, he's kind of that uh, you know little cheap shots every time every once in yeah, a while. Seen those. He's done that multiple times. Like hitting guys in the kind junk. of a punk. And you guys got a punk. And stuff like, what yeah. are you doing? No, even your own team doesn't like that when they see it on Twitter. Yeah, like, man. what's going on with yeah, that? What kind of, yeah, exactly. What kind of leader are you, man? You just got a weird stuff like that. But yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if a team's going to – because you got this influx of quarterbacks coming in with this quarterback class, and you got quarterbacks like Zach Wilson and like Mac Jones, who teams have basically decided, oh, we're giving up on I'm done. We're done, done with these guys. I wonder if any other team will see them as a – Recessit, you know, kind of resuscitate their skill set, a rehabilitation project. Because I think most teams are focusing on the young crop coming in rather than finding a bridge quarterback with one of these young bucks. I think they're looking at that uh, without a doubt. Okay, we'll come back uh, when we do. There's some good stuff on NFL wrapping up week 11. Looking forward to. Uh, um, you know, the, the, the big week coming uh, in the NFL. Uh, although this is week 12 coming up. Thir- Thanksgiving starts week 12. I got my – oh, yeah, so right. this Take starts for yeah, Thursday. Right. So they could technically flex this Monday night's Bears-Vikings game. They technically could. I don't know that they – because you know which game would be the nominee? Who? Houston and Jacksonville. Honestly, they might do that because <laughs> C.J. Stroud is getting so much uh, pub and they got Jacksonville's Trevor Lawrence. You'd have to announce it today. That because might, you'd have to give Texans, a, the Texans personnel and fans a chance to move from a noon game. Right, they won't do it. They Come on, man. They won't do it because of what the you late did this notice, for. but I'm with you. I think they should isn't do that, Isn't this what you made this rule for is yeah. to say we don't want the Bears-Vikings on Monday Night Football. We want the Texans and the Jaguars for first place. You want the best product you can possibly with get With C.J. Stroud against Trevor Lawrence. Hey, uh, you, I'm convinced. I'm in. <laughs> I don't know what they're waiting on. I'd do it right now. Do it now. 
Oh, well, if they're going to make it, they'll make it early in the week, which is Tuesday, and that would be today. So we'll we'll keep an eye on that today with the NFL. This is the week. Okay, we'll come back. When we do, we'll pick up these conversations, of course. We'll also go behind the burnt orange curtain, talking Texas football. Sark uh, was uh, loquacious yesterday at his uh, media availability, talking about his team, the culture, senior night, which is coming up, and a chance to play for a championship. That's coming next on Hook'em Up with Ian Rodby. Aaron Hogan. Rod Babers, hook them up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Hook up for sure on a Tuesday, halfway home now. 8.30 is halfway through our five-hour conversation each morning. Starting uh, after Thanksgiving, we have a great segment here called At the Turn, brought to you by Callahan's General Store, because if you're a golfer, you know you're nine holes out, nine holes in. This would be the turn, and uh, we will make the turn. We'll hit the behind the burn orange curtain coming up. Excited to have Callahan's coming on back with us. My buddy Charlie Wilson and the team out there. Callahan's General Store nice. uh, rejoining the conversation. And uh, uh, we'll be telling stories of some great golf courses in Austin, Texas, through the winter into the spring golf season. Hey, Rod, the uh, – uh, the, the push is on. Write your congressman, call your uh, your political representatives, or call Roger Goodell. We do need the uh, Jacksonville-Houston game to move to Monday night. We're going to start pushing for Get that. Get it done, man. Get it done. Use the power of social media. Let's do it. It's, it's mm-hmm. officially you made a rule. No one wants to see the Bears and Vikings on Monday Night Football next Monday. Let's get Jacksonville-Houston from H-Town. Yeah, what's the point of the rule? If you're not going to use it. Yeah, for a game just like this, to put C.J. Stroud in prime time for the first time. Because we knew when the season started, Houston had, of their 17 games, 16 were at noon. One was a late a three twenty five game. That's it, um, which is fine. They haven't. They don't earn that. But so far, being six and four with wins over the Steelers, Jags, and uh, you know the comeback win at Cincinnati, and you know C.J. Stroud in the MVP race. Yeah, they've earned the right to play, and they're they're an entertaining brand of football too. It's not like they're not competitive. I mean, this is a division on the line. Yeah, come right. on. Um, so I'm assuming. You know, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman would prefer to call that game than the oh, Bears Vikings. Brutal. With Josh, I mean, Josh Dobbs, a cool story. Um, cool Justin story. Fields back for the Bears, but uh, uh, I something tells me they won't, but they should. Also, Longhorns are going to play six thirty Friday night. We know that, Rod. And uh, Steve Sarkeesian, among other things, he said yesterday, he said, I don't foresee any of our guys missing Friday's game. So from the injury front, that's good. That's a great Xavier Worthy, good to go, at least for now. Sark did say check back with me on Thursday. But right now, as of Monday, feels pretty good about DJ Campbell, JT Sanders, Jade Barron. And because Jade Barron was there at the media availability yesterday talking. So, yeah. um, you know, that's, that's a good thing. Also, Brett Yormark will be at the game. Of course, he who made the controversial comments rooting, openly rooting for Texas Tech this summer in Lubbock. Uh, Sark did have a high road comment about Brett Yormark yesterday, which maybe we can play, but he will be there. And, you know, we talked a lot yesterday, people complaining about the Big 12. And I saw Kirk Bowles tweet this from the Austin Merritt Statesman. And I, I got a text from a friend of mine who's with the Big 12 or close to it. And here's the deal. Going into this weekend and the Big 12 office has confirmed there are 20, uh, 128 possible outcomes with the mathematical possibilities involving the teams oh. trying to reach the championship game. Are you, what, where, what, That's what they say. Yeah. How is that possible? Well, because you, you have four teams Basically. trying to get to two spots. And, you know, it, it, the, in the, it, it's a scenario where each one of the one teams has played two of the other, but not a third. Mm. So it makes you – does that make sense? So there's head-to-head competition for each team against two others, but not one other. Yeah. And they're starting to find two spots. Okay. And so the scenario is that once, once – because Oklahoma is going to play Friday and Texas will play Friday. 
once those games are in the books, they'll be able to tell a lot more clear what's going on as far as – because that will settle it, and those teams will get to either get – Longhorns get to 9-1, and one, Oklahoma will get to 8-2, and two, or the Longhorns could fall to 8-2, and two, and that makes the crazy scenario where now you have four 8-2 teams. Yeah, that would be crazy, but and, I don't see that happening. And then you have to sort it out with – Varying different tiebreakers for four teams for two eight two Big Twelve championship yeah, games. Yeah, the multiple team tiebreaker stuff. I tried to dive into it. It is yeah, it's a headache and a half. Yeah, it's well, because <laughs> you, you almost have to do because because they don't have a four team tiebreaker rule that's in the rule book. Mm-hmm. They have a three team tiebreaker rule uh, that is, is clear, but you almost have to two two separate. I don't know. It, it's a weird deal how it's playing out. So for the Longhorns, win the damn game. Just win, baby. Just, just win. win. The late and, day, uh, just win, baby. And Rod's going to tell us and hear from Sark on how they're going to find a way to win it. Let's go behind the burn orange curtain. And they were all asking themselves the same question. What is behind that curtain? All right. Uh, welcome back. Let's get into some uh, Texas versus Texas Tech discussion just a little bit, especially on a short week. We're from Sark. Uh, he does give uh, an, an update, but he talked about a lot of kind of in-depth macro uh, topics at the media availability. As my man uh, E mentioned, he was uh, very long-winded, uh, was in a mood to uh, talk. So he talked about a lot of different things. But first, let's hear about him talking about the Texas Tech game and the upcoming matchup. He spoke about how Texas Tech has shifted their offensive philosophy, and they've become a more run-centric team. Yes, still an ARA team, um, but they've become a run-centric team. More so out of circumstance than anything else, right, out of necessity. They had a lot of injuries at quarterback offensive line had pass protection issues and Taj Brooks is their best offensive weapon as a matter of fact Sark was asked about Taj Brooks the running back uh, from Texas Tech and here's what Sark had to say well got great contact balance uh, Taj Brooks you know he the first guy has a hard time getting him down and it's not always because of the elusiveness it's his ability to absorb blows and stay on his feet and then continue to, to break tackles, get hard yards. Uh, they're a physical running football team. You know, I, I think naturally you think of Tech, and if you're not watching them, oh, they're running the ball. They're all spread out, and they're running, you know, zone read, and nobody's tackling the guy. And he's running. They're running up, and they're running gap schemes, and, and they're running downhill. Uh, it's a physical brand of football that they're playing. Uh, and they still do it with tempo, and so you have to you have to get yourself aligned. Um, but I, I do think there's been a definitely a shift, philosophical shift, um, that uh, that Joey has implemented to that team. That is a a physical brand of football offensively. That is playing to their defense. They've got a very good defense, and so those two things working together has shifted. You know, they're not playing 48, 45 games, and each team's running 100 plays. You know, they beat Kansas 16-13 a couple weeks ago. They beat UCF 24-23. to But they're winning games with that, with that philosophy and that style. Uh, and so you have to adjust accordingly. But it all goes back to their ability to run the ball with Tosh. And he's a heck of a player. I mean, they are running the football. I mean, these are the numbers for Tech running the football um, since the Baylor game. So six-game sample size here. 42, 30, 43, 42, 44, 29. So essentially they've run the ball at least 40 times in four of the last six games. Yeah. And, and by the way, they're not running it all that successfully. Um, you know, they're basically in those games. I just talked about if you go look at it, 
they're averaging over four yards per rush in three of those games. That was it. Three of the last six games, they've averaged over four yards. They've averaged uh, six and a half yards per rush uh, versus UCF, a little over three yards per rush, under three and a half yards per rush versus TCU and Kansas. Um, three, it looks like they were at three, right at three and a half yards per rush versus BYU. It's not a dominant running attack. I think it kind of just helps them control the game a little bit, and it, it lets them funnel usage to their best offensive weapon, which is Tosh Brooks. But like I said, they're, they're not a dominant running team. K-State was a top-five running team in the country when they came in here with duo dual-threat quarterbacks and a competent run game and a better offensive line. Way better offensive line. Um, and Texas shut them down, and they had their worst rushing output in a game since 2014. That's the case. K-State's easily the second most physical team in the Big 12. Way more physical than Texas Tech. And you just held um, Iowa State on the road to nine total rushing yards, and that's a team that wants to run the football too. Iowa State's just as good at running the football. They don't have a Tosh Brooks, but in terms of overall team effectiveness in terms of running the football, they're probably just as effective as – Texas Tech is. It's, yeah. it's just a weird uh, shift in philosophy for Texas Tech. But I know it's like it's not a necessity. It's not what they want to be. It's what they need to be in order to survive. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, you know, this is styles make fights, and this is a good style for Texas, a good matchup, mm-hmm. because they're now they've shifted to kind of doing what Texas is trying to do, right? Uh, just run the ball, be real physical. They've got the two big tackles up front uh, like, like Texas does. And this is Joey McGuire. You know, realize, I mentioned this earlier, but Joey McGuire now – in seven career games coaching at Texas Tech in November, he's 6-1. And, and the only loss came last year to a team that played for the national championship in TCU, and it was a close game. Uh, so this is what we talk about with these high school coaches. They keep fixing problems. They just keep solving it. Let's try this. Let's try this. You know, they, they, there's not a – which is what good coaching is. Uh, but at the same time, you're not a finished product, and, and Joey McGuire knows how to coach and knows how to get the most out of his personnel. And, like you know, that. it's led to them switching to Baron Morton's, the quarterback, and, you know, Tyler Shuck has entered the portal and essentially said, look, this is how we're going to have to to win games. Uh, we as, as Sark just said, you know, we may not be successful running the ball, but we're protecting our good defense right now. Yep. We're helping them mm-hmm. not have to, you know, play as many snaps and get tired by the end of the football game. So give Joey McGuire that. And, um, you know, he comes in here knowing he's over overmatched because I do think if you take the boxing analogy, if, if fights, styles make fights, you know, Texas is right now a heavyweight and, you know, Texas Tech's kind of a middleweight trying to punch up. Yep. And so that's that's kind of a challenge. But uh, we'll see. I, I mean, I like the game. It's a 14-point line. There's a reason Texas is 13.5 to 14 points favorite at home. Night should be a real good crowd. And uh, uh, looking forward to seeing this game. But uh, And obviously the Longhorns should be completely focused on Texas Tech based on last year's loss. And, and by the way, somebody said, talking about uh, the, the, the tush push and the Eagles and how they start first and nine. Mm-hmm. And then they can go for it on fourth down, fourth down line. Don't be. I mean, Joey McGuire's going to go for it on fourth down. They're not. Yes. They're going to try to extend drives. Why not? Why not? It, it worked last year for you. <laughs> you might need to break it out again. I'm with you on that 100%. And, you know, I, I think that there's a possibility, even though they have been a very run oriented team, run centric team in the last five weeks, I do think against Texas, if they're just watching film, I think they may come out and pass first. Uh, and run lots of slant routes. <laughs> uh, well, just, and I will running the traditional run game just had that hasn't worked against Texas. I mean, nobody's been able to run it in a traditional way. Bama did for a quarter. Two point eight yards per carry in conference play allowed. Yeah, TCU did it for like a a 
couple of series in the second half. But, I mean, you guys can remember off the top of your head how many teams ran the football handing off the ball against Texas because it hasn't happened a lot. Yeah. So, well, I think they're going to throw it. I think they're going to come out. Not, not throw it a lot. They're not going to abandon a running game, but I – I think it's a fool's errand to just try to run the football against Texas. Yeah, I agree with you. And Baron Morton was up for getting. We've heard from our friend Craig Flowers uh, from the high ground. He uh, he he works at those aired out camps, the quarterback camps uh, out okay. in uh, yeah. out in West Texas. And Baron Morton's one of the he's a disciple of that, the aired out camp. So he knows the air raid. He can throw it. He, he can, can spin it. the rock. And they've yeah. got some decent receivers. They may have to to alter their attack here, having gotten to this point, won three games in a row. Uh, maybe knowing against a heavyweight, you're going to have to maybe maybe go back to some of the older stuff if you're going to move the football in this game. Uh, and I would say too that. Um, you know, Joey McGuire's familiar with a lot of the players on this roster because he was coaching high school football when a lot of the, in the Metroplex, a lot of these guys were coming through. And when he got to Baylor, he talked about yesterday at his news conference how he recruited Byron Murphy. He recruited because Dallas was his territory. He came mm. to Baylor from Cedar Hill, okay. so he recruited the Metroplex when really? he got to Baylor. All those guys. So he knows a lot of this. He knows this personnel, and he likes it. He thinks they're really good, but doesn't mean you can beat them. I mean, he knows them. He's yeah. familiar with the players. There's even a report that he he. He reached out and communicated with Sark after Sark's win. Yeah, over yeah, K yeah, State. Yeah, after Alabama, he he texted him after the Alabama win and, and the K State uh, win. It was both of the wins. Yeah, he congratulated him. Which I thought was kind of weird that he reached out to him after that. Very good for him though. He said he texted Cole Sarkeesian. Yeah. Can, Ty, can we play? I don't. Rod, can we Those play the, the? Can we play Sark's thought on Brett Yormark while we were talking about him? Uh, in here behind the burn orange curtain just for folks so they can hear this is Sark taking the high road on the Brett Yormark conversation which a lot of people are going to talk about this week the comments he made at the booster function last summer will be played quite a bit between now and kickoff uh, here was Sark yesterday when asked about the uh, the commissioner's comments I you know there was nothing to smooth over he, he, he you know for me we, we've we've been on this kick here for months now this this whole situation, us leaving the Big 12, our players didn't choose to leave the Big 12, right? They, they came to play for the University of Texas. What conference we're in, that's not what our players they, – they're just choosing to put on the burn orange and white and run out of the tunnel. Uh, and so to – whether the commissioner's rooting against our players to win or not or – we're in the SEC or we're in the Big 12. At the end of the day, our guys just want to play good football and they want to win. And so we're, we've tried to consume ourselves with what we need to do. As you guys have heard me say, we need to be enamored with us. Uh, and that's something that we've done. Um, and that's been our focus. And I think that's why our players have been so poised and so composed, even on the road as we go on the road and, and the success we've had there, because we haven't gotten caught up in what's going on outside. Uh, we've really tried to quiet the noise. Um, we've really tried to stay focused on one another and how we can continue to support one another. Um, and so, you know, for the for the commissioner, you know, we've had plenty of conversations, and he he is coming. I got a chance to see him. He was in Ames Saturday night. He'll be here Friday, um, and I'm hopefully we we put on a heck of a show for him. You know, that that's what I want. He's the commissioner of our conference, and and I'm hopeful that when he watches us play. He's, he's proud of the way that we play and representing the Big 12 because that's the conference we're in right now. Yeah, that was the high road. Classy, yeah, it was a classy comment from Sark. Hope he's proud. Um, I don't know if he's proud. 
I'm sure he's – Well, no, here's what I would say, though. For Brett Yormark, who, as he just said, where you live where your feet are, it would be good for his current conference if Texas made it to the final. Oh, no, it is. They'd well, make a lot of money. <laughs> They'd make no, a lot yeah, of money. It's good the for the money, but it's not, it's not good for the optics. Sure. The optics are the teams that you brought into the conference are performing poorly. Right. And the teams that are leaving your conference right now, they're the, the blue bloods, that they're the ones who are the cash cows, and they're on their way out. So I'm just saying optics-wise, it's not, it, it's not a great look. Yeah, you get yeah. money. You get the money, but well, and because right now his conference, Brett Yormark has one team that could play in the Final Four, and that's Texas. So yeah. there's almost the idea that, but that's look, show me the money, man. Yeah, uh, that's revenue for all the teams, and, and you can't do anything about them leaving. And uh, there, there, there is a an opportunity, uh, just like then you'd have back to back years with a team in the Final Four out of the Big Twelve. Yeah, but which, I mean, nah, like I said, it's. Uh, it's kind of like, man, you can celebrate that if you want to, but we all know that's not good for you, Big 12. It's not good for the future prospects I'm of the I'm just saying 12. the rest of the conference would celebrate the cash flow income. That oh, yeah, of course they'll it. celebrate yeah. the money, but I'm just saying for the future like relevance oh, sure. of the conference, it's not good. You yeah. wanted, They wanted one of their other representatives to you know, be as, as good, if not better, than Texas. And that's not the case. Well, so far, I'm right. And they, most likely, they're going to have a, a different representative that's staying playing Texas in the Big Twelve. Yeah, title, that's a good thing. Which would be a good thing. Yeah. Uh, good for theater. All right, good stuff behind the BOC. Sark talking uh, Texas, Texas Tech, and where they're headed. We'll take your thoughts on it. Also coming back, we go off the record, Rod. Also in our next hour, Rod will have another rant. And speaking of rants, did you hear Tom Brady talking about mediocre football in the NFL? I want to see if you agree on this, Rod. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's not happy with the coaching and how they play football these days. Uh, the goat speaks on the state. Of the game coming up in our nine o'clock hour. It took it up with Ian Rodby. DD Mega Doodoo. I'm sorry, Mangudu. Once it's turned on, the sign will spell out Delhi Cat Essen. Well, well, I don't get a break, man. Cold. Well, congratulations. Continue good sex in the sex in the Big East. Thank you, Jimmy. And boom goes the dynamite. It's time for another edition of. Off the record. Do it live. I can. I'll write it, and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. Yeah, off the record for the 21st of November. Great sports birthday day. How about happy birthday to Stan the Man Musial, Rod? Oh, there you go. Ken Griffey Jr. Sweetest swing these eyes ever saw when I was growing up. That's legit. I was like, man, I want to bat left-handed. Michael Strahan, who's gone on to fame and fortune outside of uh, the sack record in the NFL. teammates was that dude one time. Good dude. Yeah, good dude. Nice remember, dude. remember when Brett Favre handed him the? Uh, that was that was that wasn't cool. That was weak. That was a violation of the G code, man. Come on. Come on, man. Let him get a sack. He, like he's not capable of it. Come on, man. <laughs> he's fifty-two today. He's also host of Good Morning America now. Troy Aikman, tip of the spear of the triplets. He'll be happy Damn, with all these people on this day, the twenty-first. Wow, yeah, man. A great sports B day. It sure is. It's also National uh, Gingerbread Cookie Day. Are you a fan of gingerbread cookies? No. I used to like to decorate them when I was a kid. Um, I just like because you could eat the icing while you're decorating. Yes, that was I'm not opposed to so, I mean, who hates a gingerbread cookie? But it's definitely not one of my favorite No, cookies. it's only around the holidays. Yeah, it's one of those Plus, things. they smell good. I'm not a holiday cookie guy anyway. Yeah, I'm a cake and a, I'm a cake guy. What about those Cakes. little sugar cookies? I don't like, nah, I'm not a cookie or a pie guy. Remember Ooh. I told you, I'm basically anti-pie, and I'm not pro-cookie. Like, I'm not Like, people love, like, Tiff treats and all this kind of stuff. I do. I appreciate how how well made their cookies are trust me i do but i'm not a big cookie guy like i don't go crazy for cookies i go crazy for cakes and cupcakes i'm one of them people cakes and cupcakes well yeah uh, not pies and cookies though it's not really my thing well i can tell you this uh if you're ever because i'm not a real sweets guy i love sweets recently you know the restaurant downtown called la condesa 
Oh, yeah. Uh, my buddy Rick there. Trevino on I've the been team. There multiple times. Yes, great place, right? Yeah, great place. Rick's a great listener of our show. Big, yeah. big fan. We love him. I love La Condesa. Well, they, they have, if you go to their brunch or even whenever, you could, like, specifically their brunch, which is a real good one, they're, yeah. they're right there by City Hall, essentially, uh, right, right behind the, the ACL Live at the Moody Theater, the W Hotel. They have something that, that's called the churro waffle, and it is one of the greatest desserts I've had. Wow. It's a churro waffle. I don't even know it's what got that. hibiscus jam, too. Well, it's, like, it, it, it's almost like croissant dough, but then they put it in, 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 put a, it, waffle maker? in a waffle maker, and it's this great uh, big thing, and it's very it's fluffy. It's, fluffy. So it's not thick. Oh. And then they got cinnamon on it. Oh, man. The, the, the con- and then they put the, 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 you know, the sauce on, not the sauce, but like the, uh, the topping, which is uh. the sweet icing. It's so good. Do you use is it syrup on it? Do you put syrup? Could, on Could, but I didn't need to. Like honey, I bet honey's good. Because I don't eat a lot of desserts, but the churro waffles at La Condesa. I, bet, I, might, I, I, mean, I was thinking. I told Rick I may order some just to have at the house around the holidays. Oh, it's like your your personal dessert. <laughs> well, just for you know to share, get a bunch. How big is this thing? Is it huge? You, you know, if you have a good group, you could do. It'll serve four people. Okay. Everybody get a fork and just start digging into it. It's good. Right. I have to check it out. La Condesa downtown. Go I'm see Rick and the team. Check it out. Churro waffles. All right. Highly yeah. recommend. Because I like La Condesa. We actually it was one of my favorite date spots for wife back right? in the day. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, all right, I got a couple of things here. Okay, did you hear about this? Apparently, there was a fight. Um, there was a brawl uh, between, and, and this was apparently like uh, on 6th Street. There was a brawl with soldiers. Did you see this? Who gets in a brawl with soldiers? Sun, no, un, un, basically uniformed Marines battle civilians during a heated conflict in Austin. Sunday night, uh, it was filmed. Witnesses outside of Austin's voodoo room Ooh. where the brawl erupted after a woman allegedly tried to snatch a cell phone from a Marine. In the clip, Marines in full dress in, in uniform confront the woman and some of the men on the street. Two sides start arguing and shoving each other until one guy clocks a Marine in the head, causing all hell to break loose. Several Marines go after the guy, punching him in the face, knocking him to the ground. The soldiers jump on top of him and get in a few more licks before the police arrive and finally break up the fight. Not sure if anybody was arrested, but this happened on 6th Street on Sunday, and the, the clip has gone viral. Oh man, I, yeah. I did see a video of like maybe the smallest person ever on Sixth Street being arrested. Was that part of that? Like this little, like tiny little thing. <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to be offensive here and end up in sensitivity training again. You might end up in there. But they like the video, and there's this tiny little. It wasn't a kid. I don't a know. Person. That might be a separate incident. I think it's a separate incident. That might be a separate Gotta incident. Gotta look that up. I don't see the the, t- the little person in here. All I see. Well, is hopefully, like wasn't throwing fight. hands. Yeah. We're doing uh, that. Oh, hey, Ty, can we play this one more thing for Off the Record, though? Please. Can we play the Jim Harbaugh clip, the, the joke, real quick before we get out of here? We got time to play it. It's like eight seconds. I sent it to you in your DMs. It's, uh, it's really funny because uh, he mentioned it earlier, the joke that he dropped, that he got from Ted Lasso, basically, um, about how his locker room is still um, – they're, they're in one piece. They're complete and they're still whole after a lot of these uh, distractions and allegations have tried to fracture that locker room. Here's Jim Harbaugh. Locker rooms, a lot like my mom's bathing suits. I'd like to see them in one piece. <laughs> <laughs> locker rooms. Wow. Thank you, Jim. First of all, I don't want to be thinking about my mom in any bathing suit. One piece, two piece. And I'm mad at Jim Harbaugh now for forcing all of us, before we see our moms, all right, during the holidays, to have to have that potentially in our head as a visual, all right? Nobody wants, even if your mom is hot, you don't want to think about your mom in a bathing suit. No. 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 <laughs> Never. 
mom wear shorts and his, t uh, his sh shirt out there. I don't know want to see that. I don't see moms like that. Yeah, much I see it, never even think about it. <laughs> I don't want it in my head. I don't want to see it. So, Jim Harbaugh, you know what? I'm upset with you for putting that visual in everybody's head. We'll be back. We roll on uh, hour three in the books. Two to go on Hook'em Up on a Tuesday.